Today is top four reasons having a hazmat team can benefit and save you money in your business. It's actually good business. It's good business. All right. All right, let's go. Here we go. So number one, we got today, top four things, good business. Hazmat team, you know what? Everyone tells me we don't have a team, we don't have a league. Come on, you have a league. You're gonna have weather or forklifts or some kind of contractor part. You have random stuff. Yeah, happening. we hear all the time we have a really, really strong PSM program. But you should. We we keep it in the pipes. Yeah. Absolutely. But I would also invite you to consider emergency response and planning is part of the 14 elements of PSM for a reason. They know weather right. happens, new employees happen. Contractors that have new employees happen. We have forklifts that have accidents. Things happen. So we don't plan that on a Tuesday at 3 p.m. We're going to have a leak, obviously. But we understand we need to be prepared. It's just an insurance policy. For 23 years, we've trained with outside agencies on how to fight leaks at different plants to make it right. And now, like this year, now everyone's talking about We have to get our fire departments more involved. We we should have because you're going to have stuff. That's all they're saying. Random things happen. Yep. Let's provide folks the training if they're already doing the response. So I think the the biggest thing is, is we hear, well, we don't respond to leaks. What? what But we have an SOP and SOP has what section in it? Well, it has emergency, but I would also invite you to consider how do you define nuisance leak, right? So we have something that's leaking. It should be parts per million now. It shouldn't be leaking. That's not normal operations because normal operations. I'm in a room by myself trying to turn the valve off. Yeah. I'm getting that part. You got to define what is actually emergency or not. And that's where the things people don't want to define it, but it's very easy to find. Yeah. We've got equipment in normal operating condition shouldn't be leaking. Yep. There you so, go. <laughs> so, so back to you. If even if you say well, we're not going to have a team, we're going to fire department because I plants that happen. You know, then you still got to have procedures on what you want the fire departments to do because there's there's still more to it than just saying well we'll just hope. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So that's number one there. Number All right, two. First, hang on before you get into that. This is our opinion. Yep. It's rooted in our 480 some odd leak responses and involvements that we have dealt with as a company, Joe and I. So either on the phone, live in person after the event has happened, done investigation. So take it for however you want, but always do a thorough risk assessment of your Absolutely. situation. But this is just our opinion. <laughs> All right. The second one is you got levels of teams. So let's start with Eric. Military background. And then I was a medic. And then I was on a hazmat team. And then I did bioweapons. And then I have a degree from Oklahoma State, by the way, Fire Protection Safety, greatest school out there. Anyway, and they lead the industry in this stuff. Then I have certifications. And I did all of that, went to a food plant, and I'd never managed or been involved with a chemical leak like that. So even though I had all, my dad was even a career fireman. I was in the, the fire explorer. I had all this that's, fire background. Way, that's what this picture is back here. It's OSU. That's OSU back there. That's but, Joe. <laughs> yeah, so the point of it is I had all of that. And, and so to say to me, my level, what I thought training was, was level A's or decon. Well, I, I thought sh- my scope was way bigger than what I thought. You should have had all the tools you needed to manage those events. Correct. But you didn't. But I didn't. <laughs> because why? Because I didn't understand that the, the leak could go for three days and my level A, my fire response could only be two hours of it. I didn't, yeah. I didn't understand that world. So 
backing up when you look at levels of your teams and you look at what you're going to do or not, don't get caught up hazmat as I make level. I see trainers that say that to people and that's not real. You're still under command until the floors are released. Well, here's something interesting to consider. A lot of hazmat responses from the fireside, unless they have some specific data, I've seen a lot of entries using bunker gear right or they'll so say they're not the... automatically level a there right. is an in-between and their in-between is bunker gear and, and they may be able to do a quick attack that we may not be so there's different rules and laws all i want you to know is when you when you look at the size of your teams we're gonna have a team or not don't don't get tunnel vision back up and look at the big picture of everything that's going on well and i think something else to kind of consider in that too is that when we talk about well, we've got, because I hear the argument a lot of times, we don't need to have a team because we've got a paid fire department here or the regional team is based Absolutely. here. And I think it's important to kind of delve into the fact that hazmat fire department responses and how they are trained to do those responses, that is a completely different t plan of attack on how they're going to manage that event than dealing with a fixed facility hazmat event where how you address that leak is understanding the system that's, that's leaking. Correct. So understanding the refrigeration system. Because I didn't know all that. And how it operates. Yeah. There is not a really intensive module that they're going through that's like a miniature operator one where they're trained on how everything flows And there's so the many system. systems and so many versions. I mean, yeah. we, we go to hundreds of plants here and every plant's different. So you got you got to learn, learn those nuances. It, there's this very, very generalized because they have to be able to do everything. But that is the negative when you're talking about this next one and it's time of response. Number three is time. Yep. So, so here's the way it works. I've got a leak and I've got jobs and I've got a community and I also have product. Mm -hmm. And our view is you shouldn't get hurt. You should not have hardly any, literally no product loss. You should have the smallest leak ever. And you know what? It shouldn't really take that long if you do it right. So, th right. so that's how we approach all these systems is well, we I approach think, it by how we're going to manage it overall. Yeah. I mean, the goal of a hazmat response is to have it end before it can really get going. And if you have to sit and wait for some kind of response team, whether it be a contractor or a third party or a fire department regional team or something like that, the time is ticking and you're continuing to spill chemical either whether Which it's is wrong for everybody. Whether it's refrigerant yeah. or whether it's sanitation type chemicals or process chemicals, you're continuing to spill those and not address the problem. So it continues to grow for a longer period of time. It's gonna affect potentially life safety, could potentially affect the environment situation, is probably gonna affect your downtime and your product loss. And the goal is to not impact any of those. It, it, if you're if you're gonna have a leak that's fifty parts per million. And you go deal with it normally, it could be less than an hour and you're fine, you're up and running again. Absolutely. And no, no drama. So, what happens is perception. There's different devices you can stream and look at leaks. But anytime time people think about hazmat, they think it's massively a lot of these leaks we fought whenever level A. Well, we kept I, them small. And I think that that's the other thing to note. So, back in 2014, we had some regulators come in at that time, new client to us, and they were told, hey, we think you're responding to leaks. And they said, what are you talking about? We don't have a hazmat team. We don't respond to leaks. And they said, well, you're turning stuff off when it's leaking and it shouldn't be. And they said. And there was other stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so at that time, Joe and I were tasked with, we need to develop some kind of response that's in the middle. It can't be all or nothing. It's either we do nothing or we have level A. There has to be a middle ground. And that's where Joe and I came up with the stage two hazmat response, which is basically a response in APRs, so that you have that. And that way you get kind of 
out of the of cost of entry into having a hazmat team and you can bring down some of those those other barriers if we don't have people or we don't have the money or we right. don't have the gear it's really scary we're in a level a so we go to number four now now we're into training so what happens training. you don't have to have 50 people and a hundred thousand dollars worth of gear no you've already got the meters That's too much. You're doing line breaks if you <laughs> already much. got masks if you're already doing all this stuff you've yeah. got most of the gear yeah so now what you do is you train a few people that can manage it so when you're at 50 80 100 you're managing it's not so crazy Keep the league small and keep the risk down for everybody. Yeah. So. so I think the biggest thing is, is just we we have to kind of reframe how we view hazmat. It should not be scary. <laughs> if it's scary, it's wrong. I would also look at it from the side of if you start in interviewing your employees and kind of asking some open-ended questions and you find that they are turning stuff off, that it's not normal operating conditions, it is leaking, then my question would be, what is scarier? Is it scarier to have them be doing these tasks already and not provide the training. And now we're putting them in that really weird situation because as Joe mentioned earlier, they are reviewing the emergency section of the SOPs and they're saying they're fine. And if we're not providing training to kind of help educate them, because this is the pushback I get all the time, we can't generally speaking use SOPs in the emergency section in my hazmat responses because they say, well, that's too general that that won't fix the leak that's happening. And so then you say, well, then you need to rewrite your emergency section to outline some of these different leaks. Well, there's too many options. We can never do that. It's not a leak. So that's where the training and education comes in on how do you navigate through that emergency scenario. Now, also in the training, though, I have a lot of background in this. You got a duck. It's got oil on it. Wipe off duck. That's not what we're talking about. We're not. We're talking about live 15 minutes, evacuation, chemical leak, fire trucks, and which is running command. Different training. There's EPA training, some cleanup training. There's cleanup there's, disposal, yeah. and there's the there's the it's a live emergency, and I have to know how to address that right now. And then there's the yeah. the emergency is over. Now we have to clean up the mess that was made and yeah. make sure that it's safe I, for everybody. Clean up the environment, and the two don't cross over because they are two completely different s- skill sets. I don't train on a barrel leak. By the time we get to a lot of it times, it's already leaked out. So, and I don't train on rail up. cars because my teams aren't going to be allowed to do that in their plan. So you've also got to have the skills that you say you're going to do is where you need to tailor that to those subjects. Yeah, we just want to make sure we're training employees on the tasks we expect them to do. So if the expectation is to go in and turn a valve when we've got a 100 parts per million leak because we've got APRs that go up to IDLH, then train well, them. then we want to make sure we're providing some training on how to do that safely and who else should be involved in that process and that decision-making of this is what we need to do and how we arrived there. All right, Jen's going to be speaking at IR here in the next few weeks. So yeah, don't forget about that. If you want some more daddy, go to episode number five. It has a lot more stuff before we did the, the video stuff. We did some others, but it yep. gives a lot of detail. But and That's you can also, today. yeah, you can also go to allensafetycoaching.com. That's going to go ahead and give you all kinds of ideas on how to structure some of this out. So if you have questions on, okay, maybe we do need some training. We've got all kinds of modules on there about how to organize and set this up. And then if you're like, you know what, we just want to go ahead and move forward with training. Allen-safety.com lists out all the in-person stuff we do if you're interested. So That's it. Four reasons why having the team makes good business. All right. Hopefully I'll see you at IAR. Come by Orlando in March. Come see me. Come say hi.
Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for listening to Safe, Efficient, Profitable, a worker safety podcast. If you're looking for more in-depth discussions or step-by-step solutions on all of the different safety and regulatory topics, please visit us at www.allensafetycoaching.com for web-based virtual coaching and training or at www.allen-safety.com to book our team for on-site services, training sessions, to order merchandise, to learn more about our team and what services we provide in the field, or just simply to request a topic for us to cover on our next podcast. If you found today's podcast helpful and would like to support our podcast further, please help us by subscribing, liking, and sharing this podcast with anyone that could benefit from the information we cover here as that helps us to continue to put out this free content. Thank you so much for your support. 